0: The eighth chapter of Hilchas Teyin the laws of a plaintiff and defendant regarding claims in court. This parak contains ten halachas and deals primarily with the subject of metaltalin, movable objects, and who is the assumed owner in cases of dispute. Parak Shmini, the eighth chapter, halacha Aleph. Here the Rambam gives the general rule: Kol becheska zeh shehem tachas <laughs> yodei. All movable objects are assumed to be in the possession of the one who is now holding them. Even though the plaintiff, who is claiming that they belong to him, can provide witnesses that these movable objects really were known to be his. Ketzat, for example, the plaintiff says beged this article of clothing or this utensil which you are holding or which is within your house is really mine. What does it mean, his mine? It either, it, 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 how did it get into his hands? Either, I left it for you as a, deposit, that you were holding it for me, watching it, I lent it to you. And these are the witnesses who know that it used to belong to me. So give me my object back. The defendant says it's not true. I agree. I can't deny the witnesses that say that it once belonged to you. You've sold it to me. Or you gave it to me as a gift and you can't change your mind anymore. In this case, who do we believe? Since the general principle is the the chazaka, is that movable objects belong to the one that is holding them in his hand. We believe the defendant here, since he is holding the objects, he is believed, and he merely takes a rabbinical oath that he that the the object was sold to him or given to him, and then he is exempt from any further claims. As is any case of a kafir hakel, if one denies totally a claim that someone makes against him, you must merely take a rabbinic oath and then are exempt. Halakha base. Let's say he does not claim that it belongs fully to him, that he bought it or it was given to him as a gift. he claims that this is security for a loan. The defendant claims that he loaned the plaintiff money, and the plaintiff gave him a mashkin, security to ensure repayment of the loan. In this case, Yahulitain Arkade Domov. He is allowed to claim up to the value of this security. In this case, he does not take a rabbinic oath. He must take an oath holding a sacred object such as a sefer teda and then collect the amount which he claims is owed him. As we explained previously in Hilchas Malva Vulevah, the 13th chapter, that in this case he is believed because he has a migoi. That he... Could have said a better claim. He could have said that it belongs to him totally. Over here, he doesn't say that. He says that it's only a mashkin. But we nevertheless believe him. But he must, since he wants to take, keep, not that he wants to keep this object, he wants to take money back from the plaintiff. The only way he will be able to collect is, uh, as in any case of Nishboim Venetli, those that end up collecting money as a result of their oath, he must make the intermediate level of oath, Kain Shal holding a sacred object, as the Rahmam explained there. In Allah Gimel in the following Allah's the Rabbim starts limiting this case that there is an absolute chazaka, a presumption of ownership on the behalf of the one who is now holding the object. But when does this apply that we say that the one who is now holding the object has the chazaka of its ownership. Bid devorim Things which are not made to lend and to rent. For example, garments, fruits, things to be used in the house, things to be, that one does business with, or any similar things, these are all things which were not originally made. As the Rambam will explain later, examples of this expression, things which are made to rent or, or to lend, since they were not made to lend or rent, therefore, the presumption is that it's in the ownership of the one that is now holding them. But things which were made to lend or to rent, even though they are now in someone else's possessions, Even though he did not lend or rent him this object in the presence of witnesses, and he cannot prove that it was really lent or rented, nevertheless, They are assumed to be in the ownership of the one who originally had them. Since they are things which were originally made in order to lend or rent, we are not surprised that they are in somebody else's possessions. That's what we would expect for example. Ruben has some utensil which was made for the purpose of lending and renting. And he has witnesses that can prove that originally it belonged to him. Now this object is under the possession of Shimon. Ruben claims that it's in Shimon's hands because, uh, because Ruben claims that Shimon borrowed it or rented. Shimon makes one of the following three claims that either it was sold to him, it was given to him as a gift, or it was given to him as a mashkin security for a loan. In this case, although we said in the previous Allah, in general, we would believe Shimon, since he is now holding the object, in this case, we do not believe Shimon, we believe Reuben, since it makes sense now that it should be in Shimon's possession, since this is something made in order to lend or rent so what happens then Reuven regains this object and he must take the oath the rabbinic oath to counteract Shimon's claim that he really bought this object Furthermore, even if Shimon dies, and now it is no longer a dispute between Shimon and Reuben, it is a dispute between Reuben and those heirs of Shimon's estate. Reuben can still take away this keli from the children. The sages ruled that even in such a case, when he is going against the heirs, still, Reuben, in this case, the plaintiff, must take a rabbinic oath since we make this claim on behalf of the heir, that the heir himself cannot claim that he really bought it because the children have no idea whether their father bought it or not or whether it was given to him as a gift and so on. But nevertheless, the Goenian rule that if we see a possibility to make a claim for for someone that inherited an estate, we make that claim. Therefore, we claim for him that it was really bought. And therefore, Reuben, the plaintiff, must take an oath to counteract this claim. Later on, in Perek Tes, the Rambam discusses this last detail about the case when Shimon has died and what is the relationship between Reuben and the heirs of Shimon's estate. And in that discussion, it comes out that the Rambam does not hold from this law of the Gainim. That the Rambam the Rambam rules that he should not have to take a Shavuot's hands, that he can collect even without taking an oath. In Allah Khadala, the Rambam will further limit this last law. When is it that we say that an object which was made to lend or rent is assumed to be in the ownership of the original owner? The Rambam will now say that the reason we don't believe the one that has the object presently in his possession is because he has no migoi. He has no better claim. Therefore, we take his claim at face value and it is not as strong as Ruvain's claim because we expect it would be in Shimon's hands. However, let's say Shimon should have a migoi. A migoy is that, is that you, if you think I'm lying, then I could have said an even better lie. I could have gotten away with something better. In that case, we would believe you with the claim you now made because if you were lying, you could have said something else you would have certainly been able to get away with. When does this apply? When we're speaking about an object which was made in order to to lend or to rent. And we say that it is always within the ownership of the one who originally had it. When this utensil is apparent, it's visible, and it's presently in the possession of Shimon. And we know that it's in the possession of Shimon. We can see it's in the possession of Shimon. But if Reuben's claim against Shimon was That you have a certain vessel, a certain utensil of mine And it was really only rented by you Bring it out to me, show me this object, I know you have it And I have witnesses who can testify to the fact that this object originally belongs to me and in this case, for Shimon, Bematana, you sold it to me, or you gave it to me as a gift. In this case, although we said that the law is, by such a vessel which was made to lend or rent, that normally Reuben would be believed. In this case we believe Shimon. Neman, he we believe Shimon in his claim that it was bought or given as a gift. ba Shimon has for Nifter. Shimon takes a rabbinic oath and is thereafter exempt. Since he could have said that there's no such thing going on over here. I don't have anything of yours. Since... Since we don't see that Shimon has it, Shimon could have kept it hidden. He could have said that he has nothing at all, and then we certainly would have believed him to make such a claim. Therefore, he says, if you think I'm lying, I could have said a better lie. I could, I didn't have to say that it was sold to me. I could have said I don't have it. And then he would have believed me with an oath. Therefore, He is believed also to say that it is now within his possession, and that you sold it to me. Normally, if he has no migoy, his claim is not as strong. He has no proof that it's his. Then, uh, on the other hand, Reuben has a good proof that it's his, because we would expect it to be within the hands of Shimon. It's something which is normally rented or, or lent. But now, Shimon has something in his favor. He has a migoy, And his migoy that he could have sent a better claim, that he didn't have the object to begin at all, this outweighs the chazaka of Reuben, and therefore, Shimon is believed in this case to take an oath. Now, a further limitation of this law. When the Rambam said that objects which are made in order to lend or rent, that they are considered to be in the possession of the original owner, the Rambam now clarifies that this is only when the owner claims that they actually were lent or rent. Just because the object is like that doesn't mean that it automatically has a chazaka to be in the hands of the original owner, as the Rambam now explains. All of these things we said regarding the ownership being in the hands of the of original owner are or only when the owner of this utensil claims that I deposited this with you or lent it to you. But he claims that the reason the other one has it is because it was it was stolen in secret, or it was lost, or it was taken away by force. And again, he provides witnesses that originally belonged to him. However, The one that now has it says, I don't know if this thing was stolen or not. I certainly didn't steal it, and you tell me it was stolen. I have no idea. But there were other people that sold it to me or gave it to me as a gift. In this case, Even though the object might be something which is normally made in order to lend or to rent. Nevertheless, here We place this object legally within the possession of the one presently holding it. And In this case, he doesn't have to take an oath whatsoever. Shari ain't there is nobody that's claiming against him over here. What is the the original owner Reuben claiming over here? That it was stolen from him. See, he's not claiming against Shimon. Shimon's holding the object and he says it could be maybe somebody else stole it from you. But what does it have to do with me? If Reuben claims that it was lent to him and Shimon claims no, it was bought, and this is a direct dispute between Reuben and Shimon, then we can make Shimon take an oath. But if the claim that Reuben is making is not against Shimon, it's against somebody else that stole it, then what does Shimon have to swear for? He has over dispute with Ruben if you want you have a problem find the one that stole it from you don't speak to me about it therefore only if this object which was normally made to rent or, or, or lend was, the claim is that it was lent or rented in other words the claim is directly against the one presently holding it only in that case do all of these laws apply Should that not be the case, then he gets to keep the object, we go to our original chazaka, that with movable objects, they're in the possession of the one presently holding it, and this is true even without him taking an oath. Halachavav. Let's shenignavu. The news was out regarding the original owners that their objects, their utensils, have been stolen. In other words, it's not just a regular case where he's claiming it's stolen. Everyone knows that he has had things which are stolen. In such a case, when Shimon is now holding the objects and Reuven is claiming they were stolen from him, Shimon cannot merely claim that he took them from somebody else because he should have known that it was stolen materials. Therefore, This one, Reuven, the one presently holding the object, must take an oath holding a sefer teda, How much he spent? The Yitel, he, and then he can take that amount back from the original owner. And then he returns the utensil to the original owner, as the Rambam explains in the laws of Gneva and Pedak Hay. And since he, is taking, he wants to take money away from the original owner, he is like any of the and therefore he must take not only a rabbinic oath, but an oath Let's say, however, he makes a better claim. He doesn't claim that he took it from somebody else. That you yourself sold it to me or you gave it to me as a gift. In this case, even though everyone heard that there was a theft, If it is not of those things which were originally made to rent or or to lend or rent, Shimon who was presently holding the object merely takes a rabbinic oath, not the more severe oath of Vinakita's Khayfetz. He takes a rabbinic oath that it was given to him as a gift or sold to him. And he gets to keep the utensil. What do we see from this law? That in the case where he claims that he bought it from somebody else, he has a migoy still. He could have gotten away with a lesser form of oath. He could have gotten away with a shvuz as a pure rabbinic oath, by claiming that he, that, that he bought it or it was given to him as a gift. Now he claims that it was bought from somebody else. And now we are requiring him to take an oath benakitas Nikitas Hefetz. So we see that not only the principle that Rambam holds, as we've discussed on many occasions, that a migoy is not sufficient to be pater Mishvoa, that one cannot escape taking an oath by having a better claim. So, too, not only one cannot escape taking an oath, one cannot even escape the level of oath he is presently required to adhere to. It seems that he has here a migoy, a better claim. He could have claimed that it was sold to him or given to him by the original owner. Then he would have to take only a rabbinic oath. Since he didn't claim that, he had this migoy, and he will be believed, but he still must take the stricter form of oath beneath kitas And from this, the Rambam learns another law from this principle. Mikana to lo From here you can learn l'chol mi shayesh le Regarding anyone that is now holding movable objects. Afopi shayochol leimer shalukukhin hein even know that he would have been able to say that it was bought by him, the Yeshua Vahasis V'Ifta, and he would be able to take a rabbinic oath and thereafter be exempt, if he, if he did not say that, that the truth is they belong to you. But you, you owe me money from somewhere else even though he has a migwe yishva benekitos chepetz. He must take the stricter form of oath holding a sacred object. And only afterwards can he collect his money from the original owner of these objects just as in the case of anyone who collects after taking an oath. He must take the stricter form of oath even though he would only have to take a rabbinic oath if he used his better claim. The migui is not sufficient to knock down the level of his oath to a less severe oath. In the previous halakha, the Ramam explained what would be if there was the news report in the city that this person's objects were stolen, and we're speaking about objects which are not normally uh, lent out or rented. What would be if he claimed that they were that he bought them from the original owner? In this halakha, the Ramam explains what would be if the objects which are things which were normally lent or rented. However, on the other hand there is no news report in the city that they were stolen. What would be the law in such a case? Halach hazaim. Mi shahoyu biyod z'vorem A someone that is presently holding things which weren't normally made in order to lend or rent. In this case, apopi shaheida ba-omar la shalach. Even though he might admit and say, I know that they used to belong to you. But another person sold them to me or gave them to me as a gift. I know sometime in the past they belonged to you, but they happened to be sold to me by someone else. We do not take these objects away from the person presently holding them. Even if the one presently holding the object... The original owner of the object can provide witnesses that the object used to belong to him. Why do we not assume that it was stolen from the original owner and that he brought it from the thief? because a person normally sells his, uh, his belongings. It's a common thing a person should sell his utensils. Therefore, the fact that he bought it from someone else is not so out of line that it could very well be that it was originally in the possession of this original owner and he has witnesses for that and the, present, uh, the one presently holding them also agrees to that. However, he sold it to a second party and the second party sold it to the third party who was now holding them. This is perfectly plausible therefore we believe in such a case this halacha however was speaking in a case where the plaintiff is not claiming that he actually rented or lent the object it was an object that's normally used for lending or renting but he claims that it was stolen he doesn't have such a strong claim the next halacha deals with when the plaintiff claims that it actually was rented or lent to him halacha ches the plaintiff claims that you say that they were, you bought them from someone else. I say that I rented them to you, or that you borrowed them from me. Should he make such a claim, we take the objects away from the one presently holding them. That since these are objects, which are usually used for such a purpose, and the one is claiming that he actually used it for that purpose, it's exactly like what we had in Allah gimel. that in that case we take it away from the one that presently is holding it, he loses his chazakah. However, the im hayu mitvarim she'ainem asuim If the object he is presently holding was not something normally made for lending or renting. The one presently holding them takes a rabbinic oath that he did not borrow them and he did not rent these objects, but bought it from someone else. And we allow him, after taking that rabbinic oath, the shafuas heses, to keep these objects in his possession. In this case, since the object is not normally used for such a purpose, his claim is a. Stronger claim in this case, and therefore he is believed after taking the rabbinic oath. Halacha tes In this halacha, the Ramam defines exactly what he means by this term he has been using through the past few halachas, vessels or utensils which are made in order to lend or rent. Do not make the mistake of confusing things which are made in order to lend or rent to things which are commonly lent or rent. As many great and uh, as many great sages made this error everything in the world is fit to lend and the, and the custom is to lend it anything can be lent even a person's coat and his bedding and his bed itself all of these things are fit to lend someone can lend them and occasionally they do lend them that's not what we're referring to here says the Rambam things which are made Asuyan doesn't mean they're commonly lent or rent. Things which were made to lend or rent. Hema Medina Mitchilas Asiyasam. They are these are utensils which people from this area and make them from the begin- very beginning of their, of their formation, lahashilum in order to lend them and rent them, and to take the wages, to take the reward for having lent them or rented them out. They were originally made this way. In other words, means literally, they were made for that purpose. They were made in order to lend or rent. And they are to their owners just like a piece of land. He doesn't normally sell his land. He eats the fruit of the land and in the body itself the land remains his. So to these utensils The main reason they were made was in order that the owners should have benefit from lending them out from the, the rental fee. But the object itself will always remain within his possession just like the land gain, for example, large copper kettles, which are used for cooking in a banquet hall. Those are things which are not normally sold. They are rented out. Or ornaments made out of copper, which are gold gold-plated. They're covered with gold. And they are, they are rented out to a bride in order to adorn herself. These are things she would be unable to afford. So in order to beautify herself for her wedding, she rents out these beautiful adornments. The reason these things were made was not in order to be sold, and not in order that the owner himself should use it in his own house. la in order that he should lend them to, to others, and not just lend them, in order that he should receive benefit in exchange later on, to compensate for him lending in the first place. Or in order to literally rent them out and take the rental fee. The, those are uh, the articles which Shaddamim is referring to, the things which are as suin Lahashul wa And another category which is in the same, same, halachic uh, group, the kainim ha'yillah mishara so too if a person had another type of utensil the yeshla aid tomit and there are witnesses that he is constantly renting out this object and he always lends it out with this particular person, he is mukhzak, he is assumed and proven to constantly lend and rent out this object. So too in this case, for him, these are just like utensils which were originally made to lend and rent, because these are what they were normally used for by this particular person. Therefore, they would come under the same halachic rulings as things which were originally made for that purpose. And now the final halach of the Perek And any sort of utensil whose loss caused to it is greater than what he would gain through renting it. And therefore, people are particular not to lend it out. This is the opposite of something which is normally lent out. This has the opposite assumption, the opposite chazaka. This, the assumption is that it is not normally made in order to lend out and rent. For example, a knife used for shechita. Since it's very easily blemished, here the opposite assumption takes place that it is something which is certainly not lent out. And therefore, if, even if people should come and testify that this knife was lent out or rented, their testimony is insufficient to nullify this this that such a thing is not lent out. And therefore it's considered like any other vessel. That even should they testify that this is normally lent out by this person, it's considered like any other vessel. And the stipulation we made at the end of Allah test that if a person normally lends it out, it becomes like something which was originally made to be lent out. It doesn't apply to such an object. And now the Rambam brings a proof to his general Kiddush over here regarding the difference between something that people know, that this is lent out normally by this person, and regular types of vessels which are not. varenu a proof to our words. He brings a story from the Gemara. Sharei rova haitzi shaisin That Rabba took away from the Usame, the the, the heirs had inherited from him an estate uh, of scissors a special pair of scissors which were used for making a, a certain type of, um, of coat, the Sefer Haggadah, and so too a book of Haggadah, the since, Dvarim La La'ashil Haskir, since it was made to, to uh, something to lend out and to rent. And even though normally these scissors and this Sefer Haggadah was not such a thing, over here he had testimony that the owner did usually lend them out. So therefore, the one that was holding them and passed away, it was not he had no Chazaka over here, as that I'm explaining the end of Malachi test, and this is his proof from Ravah that since this person normally lent them out in this case there was no chazaka for the one that was holding them the lahashil, and if it not, had not been clear to Ravah, that through testimony that this was something which was normally lent out he wouldn't have taken it away from the from the orphans over here therefore we see that other types of scissors and other books are not included in this law even though they might be fit to lend and to rent out since they're not normally done so they're not included in the category of things which are and this is an important, fundamental principle in the law. shall And this is something very reasonable. And it's fit to rely on it and to judge it. And this is something clear to everyone that knows knowledge. And it's fit for a judge to put this in front of his eyes, in other words, to constantly rely on it, and therefore he will not come to an error.